everyone indulge me for a moment and do this. Do you know what Sashin means? To touch the heart-mind, to receive the heart-mind, to join the heart. And Shin, for those who use the word indigenously, this is where it is in the body. So this is Sashin. In case we're not sure. And um, sometimes it's good to remind ourselves when we sit down, before our hands go into the mudra, that brings our attention to the hara here, which is another very powerful, energetic set of connections in the body. It's to remind ourselves that we are rooting ourselves in shin and in hara. And so I want to talk about devotion because really Sishin is about devotion to this. Shin in, um, is usually understood as much more than any of the words that it's translated to in English can touch. We talked about this before. But that it is not just emotional, not just affective, not just mind, not just spirit, not just energetic, but all of these things coming together. Like many streams coming together into one great river. And we are either, the many streams of dependently co-arisen life coming together as the great river of being that is each one of us. And we're either aligned with that, not confused, or we're confused. Dogen would say those who are confused about being a great river, although he doesn't use this exact word, but those who are confused about being the great river is they're sentient beings. Those who are not confused, they're Buddhists. And so not only are we devoted to Shin, but Shin is the source of the devotion. There are kind of three areas that often of the body that often are discussed in Zen. One is this area, Shin. The other one I mentioned, which is Hara. So this one might feel in the body as a great river, like we talked about. Hara, this area in the body, is sometimes talked about as a great mountain. This is where we often feel fear, doubt, where we tend to collapse. This mudra is not just because, it's not random, it is to bring our energy and our wholeheartedness to the mountain.
because the mountain is the mountain doesn't simply stop at the valley right the mountain becomes the whole of the earth the mountain is the whole of the earth in the same way the wave is the whole of the ocean the whole of the ocean is moving through the wave the whole of the earth is moving through the mountain the whole of the earth is moving through this mountain The whole of being is that which this mountain roots itself in. And so when we sit zazen, this is one of the things we do. We root ourselves. We find that mountain energy and we root ourselves. And then we let, sometimes easier said than done, let Shin be alive. which means that there will be joy and sadness and hope and shut down and sleepiness and confusion and all things will come forward. But Shin stays the river that is open to that flowing. This is critical. Sometimes it's available to us, sometimes it's not, but it's critical to our meditation and our devotion to the mountain and our devotion to the river of devotion. Mountains, you might, I, I feel it as faith. And the mountain is solid. The whole, it can be a mess and the body is rooted. So find that root when you sit down. The old way of doing this, one of the ways was to kind of rock side to side and back and forth until we find our steadiness of its own. And then we let the body energetically root down. And let the earth come up through us. We're not holding ourselves in place. All of being is holding us in place. We don't have to actually do the work once we realize that. We can just let life do the work. But until life does the work, we have to do the work. But even when we think we're doing the work, it's really life doing the work. We just think we're doing the work. We think our effort is our own. Which is fine, we have to think our effort is our own. But our effort is not our effort. Our effort is coming from it, all things. And then there's this that likes to just go and go and go and go and go. And we grab onto it and we grab on and we forget everything down here. We forget there's this great mountain and great river because we're chasing clouds, not realizing that when we're chasing clouds, we're actually on a mountain next to a river chasing clouds. <laughs> so the way this is often talked about is sky. Instead of letting the clouds move through, clouds are fine, thinking is fine. 
Trying to grab onto a cloud is foolish. We cannot grab clouds, if you've ever tried. The fog slips through our hands. And yet we treat the fog of a cloud as the foundation of our lives. We grab at those. And we think that's the ground. But if the thinking mind can be sky, then everything is in order. There is the grounded mountain, there is the flowing river of the heart, and there is the great sky of the mind. And when they are realized, the body can be the body, knowing that the body is all things. The body is really is the mountain, not just metaphorically the mountain. It's not just effectively the mountain. It's not just sensory the mountain. It's that too. But it really is the mountain. There's no way it cannot be. It really is all of the rivers coming together as the great river. There's no way it cannot be. It really is the vast empty sky. Because there's no way it cannot be. That robot would require a separation that does not exist. And so when there is confusion, if we can remind ourselves, we can rest in that. Find rest. Sometimes effort, sometimes rest. Rest and effort can be the same thing. Resting in effort that isn't too much is our zazen. It is the body's simple uprightness that is not doing anything more than finding its balance. And then karma will do what karma does. It will be painful, it will be electric, it'll be exciting, it'll be despairing, it'll be joyful, it'll be blah, 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 blah. And we will feel it. And sometimes it will be so much that we can't find our balance. And then we rest in each other, we talk to a teacher, we find support. We devote ourselves and take refuge in Sangha. We devote ourselves and take refuge in the teachings. We devote ourselves and take refuge in the founder of our lineage and in the realization of awakening for everyone. So in this practice, we devote ourselves to everything we do. We'll be devoting ourselves to sitting meditation a lot. We'll be devoting ourselves to washing dishes. We'll be devoting ourselves to bowing, to chanting, to cleaning, to lighting candles, to putting ash in a bowl, 
and we devote ourselves because we talk about concentration. Samadhi is incredibly important in all of the lineages of Buddhism. The capacity to first drop the mind into the breath, be with the breath, until the mind gathers and there is concentration and we're less movable. Actually, what's really happening is we let everything do what it needs to do with us without our mind getting shaken. We're not tying our mind, the stability of our mind, onto phenomena. We're just letting them move. And so really stillness is letting everything move. But the mind concentrates. But the interesting thing about concentrating the mind is the heart piece of concentration is devotion. There is not fully realized concentration without devotion. Concentration without devotion is this mind without this one. It is a heartless concentration. It is a shinless concentration. We get very confused about this in this country sometimes. About the role of devotion. And what it is to be completely and totally wholeheartedly devoted to the moving of everything, to the caring of everything. To the, even to the things we consider ugly that come up in us, even to disgust, even to hatred, even to despair. To be devoted to them. Not grab them, not hold on to them, not indulge them. Indulging them is not devoted to them. This is why one of the reasons I think we use the word grandmotherly mind is there's a maturation by a certain age where you realize devoting yourself to someone is not indulging everything they do. Devoting myself to myself is not indulging everything I want to do. In fact, that's a, not a very devoted, it's not a wise devotion. And so we lovingly devote ourselves. And in the loving devotion, concentration can settle. Concentration can broaden. This is why meta practice that's more focused, that, that is focused on more in the Theravana lineage, this is a form of concentration. It's heart concentration. In their language, it's chitta. Just the concentration. <clears throat> and so to begin to think about the concentration of Zazen, not as something I'm doing with this energy, but that I'm settling into the radiation of this energy of Shin. That there is an imperturbable heart that radiates and holds all that arises. And sometimes this is hard to do. 
So I have a suggestion. A suggestion is there is this old Buddhist um, teaching to treat all beings as one's mother. Now, we talked about this a little bit yesterday in class. This doesn't. Ne- Some people have issue with this because they think very narrowly about it. Like, I need to treat all beings like my mother. <laughs> that may not work. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's something a little deeper than that in the suggestion which is to treat all beings. And because we're in Dogen school, who says everything are beings, number two pencils are beings, refrigerators are beings, all things are beings. Then we treat all beings, everything that is arising in front of us as our mother. What does that mean? Everything that arises is that from which we come. We are not coming into the phenomena of the world. Dogen says this very clearly. Actually, he says it in this little chant book. I can read the exact line. Actually, yeah, let me see. (laughs) Glasses. (laughs) To carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and experience themselves is awakening. Or you could say to carry yourself forward is delusion. And but allowing myriad in another translation is to let to allow myriad things to um, realize the self is awakening. In other words, it's a, it's a shift in direction. It's not I'm going into the world. There is no I going into the world. That the world is our mother, that all beings are our mother, is that we are the arising of the myriad things. We are being born out of everything that is, a, that is our experience right now. This is what it is to be born moment to moment. No consistency of some person that's marching their way through the forest of reality. The forest of reality is what we are. Every single being is the mother giving birth to us in that moment. And every single being is infinite. So when we talk about things being empty, not having a solid core, not having a boundary, another way of talking about that is that Everything has an infinite nature. Why infinite nature? There are infinite ways of perceiving this clock. You and I, just we just all agree karmically it's a clock. 
but there are infinite ways to perceive it from different perspectives, different animals, different creatures, different levels of reality, etc., etc. It goes on and on and on and on and on. We create a karmic container that makes this a clock. And we just treat it that way. And we're finished. And we put it down, depending on how much we value a clock, we put it down with that level of respect or not level of respect. Because it's a clock. Generalize this to everything. What we don't do when we look at this is say that my mind is a tiny little limited karmic thing that has no idea what's going on here and that this is infinite and that this is infinite and that each of you are infinite. And so when I'm looking at the world, when I'm devoting myself to the world, I'm devoting myself to the infinite mothers of my being. Each mother of my being is in and of itself infinite. And there are infinite mothers. I'm paying attention to them in everything that I'm doing. So this devotional act, which seems like something that I need to do, and again, for a while we need to do it, really is just a recognition of reality. I'm devoting myself to that which is giving birth to my life that which is the constant birth of my life, minute to minute to minute to minute to minute. If we really take this in, things like boredom become, they kind of go away. If we really attend to something completely thoroughly with a river heart, pour ourselves into it, allowing it to pour itself into us and be us, then there isn't um, there's just the joy of being in that relationship. And that doesn't mean there aren't other things, that there aren't suffering and pain and other things, but the joy of being is throughout all of that. Just like the faith of uh, groundedness in life can be throughout all of that. This is what we're building in Zazen. We can't actually think ourselves into it. We have to sit and sit and sit and sit and sit and notice everything that's in the way. Everything that confuses us about what it is to be a deeply interdependent loving mysterious born anew again and again being in the world
So when... When we are devoting ourselves, when I am devoting myself completely to what I am doing, even when I cannot muster up the devotion, I devote myself to the lack of devotion. When I fully devote myself to what's arising, that is what actualizes. That is what brings to full life the infinite mothers as liberation, as awakening. The phenomena are always arising fully liberated, but, but they're, everything's arising liberated. We don't actually have the power to do anything to life. Life will always be free. We can muck up some streams, which we're doing a fairly good job of. But life will be free in the end. Life is free all the way throughout. Life is liberated always, and so are we. But, in, it is the devotion to the clarification of our karma that allows for that liberation to be realized as us, is our devotion to looking at the ways that we grasp separation and create a separate self. Seeing dukkha, seeing suffering, also seeing joy, also seeing happiness is our discernment of that process over time and the insights and the realization that arises from that process that allows us to know the freedom that is already there. So I'm going to end with one thing to that point. At the end of the Genjo Koan, you might remember this set of lines. There is a story. We took all the paragraphs out, so I have to find things. Um, I'm good. I think I can read. Zen Master Baoche of Mount Mayu was fanning himself. A monk approached and said, Master, the nature of wind is permanent and there is no place it does not reach. Why then do you fan yourself? The infinite mothers of our being are infinite. Why do you devote yourself? Although you understand that the nature of wind is permanent, 
Bauche replied, you do not understand the meaning of its reaching everywhere. What is the meaning of its reaching everywhere? asked the monk again. The master just kept fanning himself. The monk bowed deeply. We, our devotion is the process by which the wind reaches everywhere. Our devotion is the process by which that which gives birth to us is realized and made available for all beings. So in our zazen, in our sitting next to someone, what would it be this week? to be completely devoted to the infinities that are sitting with us everywhere, to the mothers of our being that are sitting with us everywhere, as dishes, as people, as prostrations, as clocks, as thoughts, as moods, as knee pain, whatever they are, however they're showing up, to bring complete devotion to them. So I am going to end with a poem that Laura actually read at the um, Watershed Retreat and which showed up in a paper. Thank you, Lila and Robin. Showed up in a paper I received two days ago. And it is, um, and I like to imagine this poem as an invitation to all of us who are entering in to a devotion to the beings that are bringing us into being every moment. This is an initiation song from the Finder's Lodge by Ursula Le Guin. Many of you know it. Please bring strange things. Please come bringing new things. Let very old things come into your hands. Let what you do not know come into your eyes. Let desert sand harden your feet. Let the arch of your feet be the mountains. Let the paths of your fingertips be your maps. And the ways you go be the lines in your palms. Let there be deep snow in your in-breathing and your out-breath be the shining of ice. May your mouth contain the shapes of strange words. May you smell food cooking you have not eaten. May the spring of a foreign river be your navel. May your soul be at home where there are no houses. Walk carefully, well-loved one. Walk mindfully, well-loved one. Walk fearlessly, well-loved one. 
return with us. Return to us. Be always coming home. Enjoy Sishin. Devote yourselves to one another. May we live a heart of devotion and be the care that each other deeply needs. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.